Lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Welcome to all of you. I've got a fun episode this week about The Wizard of Oz and Harry Keller, and I can't wait to dive into it. Even though I do magic for a living, I've not done a lot of magic-themed episode on this podcast. In fact, there's only one so far, the one about Jasper Maskelyne in World War II. But this is a pretty interesting one, so I thought we'd do it. Also, coming up in this episode, a very special guest that I'm excited for you to meet, so stick around. Real quick, before we do that, I wanted to let you know I just released the first bonus episode of The Internet Says It's True. Bonus episodes are something I'm going to be putting out from time to time when I have a topic that isn't family-friendly or just doesn't fit with the rest of the podcast. The first one is about graham crackers and why they were invented, and it's hilarious. Uh, That's available over at Patreon. All of the Patreon subscribers automatically get access to that, along with a ton of other exclusive content. You can listen to bonus episodes right on Patreon, or there's a super secret bonus episode RSS feed that you can use as well. Let's get on to the show. This week's topic comes from Bobby. Hey, this is Bobby Borgia from Erie, Pennsylvania. And I have a little piece of information. It's a secret mystery history about magician, Dean of American Magicians, Harry Keller. Did you know this, that um, L. Frank Baum, who wrote The Wizard of Oz, based the wizard character on Harry Keller? Harry Keller is the real Wizard of Oz. Thought you might like that. So Bobby and I had the chance to hang out this weekend in Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, I was headlining his club, Keller's Magic and Comedy Club, which was a blast, by the way. It was my first time back on stage in 13 months. Such an incredible feeling. And I was shocked to hear this factoid about Harry Keller, so I started looking stuff up. There are more than a few references to this around the internet. Let's start with Harry Keller himself. Not many people are familiar with the name Harry Keller. But everyone knows the name of the young man who looked up to him and was inspired by him, Harry Houdini. Keller was born Heinrich Keller in 1849 in Erie, Pennsylvania. His parents were German immigrants, and he was a curious boy growing up. As a young child, he helped out at a local pharmacy and was always experimenting with mixing different chemicals, which was cool until he got fired for blowing a hole in the pharmacy floor. Around that point, he was afraid of what his father was going to do to him, so he skipped town on a freight train for Cleveland, then New York City, and started setting his sights on traveling the world. He was 11 years old at this point. There was a magician in New York, Isaiah Hughes, who captivated Keller's imagination. Hughes performed as the Fakir of Ava and was able to transform scraps of paper into coffee, milk, and sugar. He decided he was hooked, and started traveling the world with Hughes as an assistant to the Fakir of Ava. But again, he saw something that interested him. Up until that time, most magicians would dress up in elaborate costumes, usually pretending to be Asian or East Indian, much like the Fakir of Ava. You had a bunch of white guys who would darken their skin, talk in dramatic tones and awful accents, and dress in robes and turbans. But there was a show out there where a couple of brothers from New York, the Davenport brothers, were performing magic on stage dressed as just ordinary, well-dressed men. They told the audience they were spiritualists and were harnessing the power of spirits. Keller saw this and decided that they had found a way to make magic interesting without having to dress up like something they weren't. Unless you count that whole talking to spirits thing. Anyway, he soon became their manager and started touring the world with them, 
and it didn't all go well. At one point, they were crossing the Atlantic Ocean, and their steamer hit some rocks and sank. The men survived, but everything, the wardrobe, the props, all their money, sank to the bottom of the ocean. Eventually, Keller decided he could do his own show. He liked the idea of walking on stage dressed as himself, so he just dressed the way a gentleman would. He walked on stage wearing a top hat and a cane and a suit. And when you do a Google image search for magician, you'll see hundreds of clip art and stock photos of men in top hats. That's all thanks to Harry Keller. He started that. And all he was doing was wearing popular streetwear on stage. With the pedigree of having toured the world and managed delusion acts, he had what it took to become very popular. By the turn of the century, Harry Keller was the number one magician in the world. He even performed for President Teddy Roosevelt, who said, quote, There is no use in anybody's ever telling me about anything supernatural. It could not be half so wonderful as the things I saw today, end quote. Keller's image of a man who dressed like a gentleman but had wizardly powers was something new to many people. His appearance, his style, his illusions, and even some of the designs on his posters, like the little mischievous spirits that were seen floating around him, helping him out. They're known as whispering imps. Those all originated with Harry Keller. He became known as the Dean of American Magic and inspired countless magicians, including Harry Houdini. His ideas and concepts and image were revolutionary. He was known for making a birdcage disappear in his bare hands, and he's the one that came up with the idea of making a person levitate. That was Keller. One non-magician who was inspired by Keller was an author named L. Frank Baum. But before I tell you about that, I briefly want to tell you about a new partner of the show. Now, I've told you about this the last couple of weeks, and I'm super excited about it because when people watch my show, Joke Story Trick, or my virtual magic show, they are always asking me, how are you doing what you're doing? I want to learn how to do that with the transitions and the, the music and the sound. Basically, you can turn your home into a virtual broadcast studio, and uh, it's just, it's real easy. You just sign up for a virtual presenter course, and I'm going to get you 20% off a virtual presenter course. They test all of their course with people who aren't tech savvy to make sure that it's not just like giving you information that's going right over your head. They make it super easy so that you can learn how to make your presentations awesome. What you do is go to virtualpresentercourse.com slash 30 or use the link in the show notes and I promise you will like what you see. It's virtualpresentercourse.com slash 30 and you too can be a world-class presenter. And this week on Joke Story Trick Live, tune in to see singer-songwriter Marty Dodson. Marty was the front woman of the band Saving Jane, which was a Billboard music artist in the early 2000s. She'll be joining us live from Nashville, Tennessee. Tune in Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can watch on Twitch, Facebook, or YouTube. Go to jokestorytrick.com. And I don't know if you have heard me talk about these jackets that I have that have like 22 pockets in them, but they are amazing. And now that I've started traveling again, oh my gosh, I love these things. Uh, and they're not just like pockets for no reason. Every pocket is made with a purpose. Like there's a pocket for your phone. And if you have wired headphones, there's a channel inside the jacket that comes up to the neck where you can just put your headphones in there and leave them in there all the time. Uh, and you know, there's even a pocket that will hold a water bottle secure. And you can't even see the water bottle in the, when you're wearing the jacket. They've designed this thing 
perfectly to hold the weight. I'm going to get you 15% off of your order. It's Scotty Vest. You can get 15% off a of Scotty Vest by going to scottyvest.com and enter the promo code TELLME, T-E-L-L-M-E, all one word, scottyvest.com, promo code TELLME. Get yourself a Scotty Vest. Let's get back to the show. The Wizard of Oz has been the favorite movie of so many generations of people since its release in 1939. I know it was one of my favorite movies growing up, and the image of the wizard, especially when the character appears in Dorothy's real life as Professor Marvel early in the film, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. But as many know, that film was based on a book series written 39 years before the movie, and the book was extremely popular. It was essentially the Harry Potter of its day. And it was a series of 13 books. They were immediate hits. L. Frank Baum was just a chicken rancher and a traveling salesman. He had worked odd jobs here and there as a theater manager as well. But when these books were written, he was an instant success. The first printing of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz was 10,000 copies. And in one month, it was sold out. So they printed another 15,000 immediately. The story in the book came from some of the whimsical stories he would tell his children. He'd often use things from his life as characters and plots in the stories. The same was true for the wonderful Wizard of Oz. For example, have you ever wondered where the name Oz came from? He was in his study writing the story and was having a momentary writer's block. He found himself staring off into space, staring at his filing cabinet. The drawers were labeled alphabetically, and the third drawer down said O to Z. O-Z. Oz. And that was it. The name of Dorothy Gale was used as an homage to Baum's infant niece Dorothy Gage, who had died while he was writing the story. And the story was built that way. So many of the characters that generations have come to know and love were just parts of L. Frank Baum's life. And that brings us to a guy named Oscar Zoroaster Padraig Isaac Norman Henkel Emanuel Ambrose Diggs. Oscar Diggs for short. That's the character's full name. But you know him as the Wizard of Oz. By the way, here's an interesting full circle moment. Oscar Diggs is mentioned in the very first episode of this podcast, episode one about Captain Crunch. In that episode, I pointed out that the name acronyms into Oz Pinhead. Oscar Zoraster, Padraig, Isaac, Norman, Henkel, Emmanuel, Ambrose Diggs, Oscar Pinhead. But when Baum was imagining what Oscar Diggs looked like, he wanted a wizard that didn't look like what people thought of when they thought of a wizard. He didn't want the pointy hat with stars on it. He didn't want an Indian fakir or mystical being. He wanted a wizard that just looked like a man. And Harry Keller had just become that to the world. So when Baum worked with his illustrator, W.W. Denslow, to come up with the appearance of the wizard, it just so happened that the wizard came out bald, but wearing a suit and top hat. Now, if you look around the internet, there's no definitive answer for whether or not this is true. It's cited in many places, including Gail Jarrow's book on Keller, Harry Keller, Great American Magician. But I haven't been able to find any documents that prove it. Some versions of the story go so far as to say not only did Baum base the character on Keller, but he had Keller sit as a model for the drawings. Now, I don't know if that's true, but we now know that the idea of a wizard looking like that didn't really exist before Keller. So in my opinion, it has to be true. Otherwise, the Wizard of Oz would have looked more like Keller's first mentor, the Fakir of Ava. Regardless of whether or not Harry Keller was indeed the inspiration for the wizard, 
He was the inspiration for a lot of what we know as the American magician. Not only the ideas like making a woman float in midair, but the image, the style, the posters, so much of that is due to Harry Keller. Before we end this episode, I wanted to share a quick story with you that I found. Harry Keller retired from performing in 1908, but nine years later, his now friend Harry Houdini convinced him to come out of retirement for one evening. It was 1917, and the SS Antilles, an American transport ship, had just been sunk by the Germans. Houdini was holding the event to raise money for the families of the victims, and he wanted none other than Harry Keller to perform in the show. Keller agreed and performed two of his signature pieces. To give you an idea of how famous this man was, when he concluded his performance, the audience leapt to their feet, lifted Keller on a sedan chair, and sang Auld Lang Syne to him. He tore the house down. After the performance, Keller wrote a letter to Houdini, saying, quote, You gave me the proudest and happiest evening in all my life, and a farewell that can never be surpassed. Now it's part of the podcast where I call a friend and quiz them. So today I'm going to call someone that is literally my favorite person in the whole wide world. And when I say call them, I mean ask her to come over here and sit with me because today's guest on the podcast is my wife, Allison. Allison is a professional esthetician and runs her own business, Jewel Aesthetics. Thank you for agreeing to do this, uh, but it's Easter and I didn't want to bother anyone else. So I'm used to bothering you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> used to being so, bothered. So you haven't done this and uh, I don't even know if you've listened to any of the podcasts, but I don't tell the guest what the quiz is about okay until after the first question okay so last week the guest got the first question right and i spent an entire week not posting any of my bird photos on facebook and it's been killing me not to so i'm excited to be out of bird photo quarantine because between what you and i saw today and what i saw this last weekend on the road i've got some amazing photos to share so for this week for this question if you get it right, I will finally fix the fence where it needs to be fixed. <laughs> if you get it wrong, I get to wait another week Man, you've, to, you've, to fix it. You've got a lot of work ahead of you. <laughs> it's it's going to be, I, I think it's about a dozen planks and about four crossbars. Oh, Lord. And okay. i got to borrow your truck to do it. <laughs> uh, right. Around the year 1900, the famous magician Harry Keller with his bald head suit and top hat inspired a very famous character in a popular children's book. Was it A... Mickey Mouse, B, Peter Rabbit, or C, The Wizard of Oz? Oh, shoot. Peter Rabbit. B. I'm sorry. It was The Wizard of Oz. The, <laughs> I knew you were going to kill me for that. No, see, this isn't <laughs> made. I told you before we started. It's not made to make you look silly. Oh, boy. Um, and that's why the stakes don't matter. But uh, I get another week to fix the fence. So, question two. Drag for your feet longer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it. The weather's nice now. For this question, if you get it wrong, you have to share one of your guilty pleasure TV shows with the listeners. No oh boy. If you get it right, I'll share one of mine. Okay. Harry Keller was referred to as which one of these nicknames? A, the Dean of Magic, B, the Dawn of Magic, or C, the Professor of Magic? All right, I'm just going to throw it out there. C, the Professor of Magic. Unfortunately, the answer is A, the Dean of Magic. Oh, um, the professor is a nickname for someone, but it's a different guy. Oh, shoot. That's Di Vernon's nickname, completely different guy. But um, there was no way for you to know this. It's just interesting stuff for our listeners to hear. And also, 
uh, I wanted you to have to share one of your guilty pleasure TV shows with the listeners. So, <laughs> uh, how about the Kardashians? Okay, that's that Dude. was the right answer. There are two though. There are two that I know of because every time. Oh wait, I know. So what when you're I go say. on the road, she doesn't watch the Kardashians when I'm home. Nope. Unless I'm like do, down here working and she's upstairs watching TV. But the I, I called her. What was it last night or the night before? And I said, "What are you watching on TV?" And it was the Kardashians because I wasn't home. What's Correct. the other one? Chrisleys. The Chrisleys. Chrisley knows best. Yes. The Chrisleys. Chrisleys. Yeah. And I won't watch either one of those shows. Yeah. Won't do it. (laughs) Won't do it. So those are your guilty pleasure shows. (laughs) Question three. If you get this one right, I will give you a coveted tell me what to Google sticker. This is always the gift for the third question. And it's special because it's a collector's item. The podcast is no longer called this. I have 200 of these. And you can put it on your water bottles. What's your fancy water bottle called? Hydro flask. Your hydro flask. You can put it on your hydro flask or you can put it on your on your uh, external battery or something. But if you get it wrong, you can give me one of your Shit's Creek stickers I got you for Christmas. No, I didn't sign up for this. Yes, no. that's the deal. No. I bought them. Mm. Okay, I'll buy my own. I'll buy my own. <laughs> what I'll was... find you a duplicate. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. There are probably some duplicates in there. Oh. What was the Wizard of Oz's first name? Was it A, Horatio, B, Oscar, or C, nothing? He never had a first name. How about B Oscar? That is correct. It's B no, Oscar. You got that one right. Uh, so you are uh, gonna get a sticker from me. Yay! Here you go. That's for you. Sweet. <laughs> Thanks, babe. You're, you're welcome. There's also behind you. There's a stack of 200. You can have one any anytime you want. No oh, gosh. For this question, <laughs> uh, this is question number four. If you get it wrong, you have to make me my favorite meal. That you make okay. this week. You know what that is? Yep. What is it? Meatloaf and potatoes. But, well, yeah, specifically. Well, Lipton. The Lipton, yeah. The Lipton, like, onion mix, meatloaf and potatoes. I love them. Not homemade, it's really. It's not homemade, but I don't care. It's good. And if you get it right, I'll make you any meal you choose. So you get Sweet. to choose whatever meal you want. All right. And uh, that's what I'll make. I don't know what you, what would you choose, do you think? I would probably try and torture you and do your pad thai since I know you're trying to. Oh my god, my since pad thai! Trying to perfect it and yeah. you've not had good luck. That's lately. not torturing me. I've been wanting to make the pad thai. So right, but we've been crashing and burning, baby. <laughs> we have been. <laughs> Here we go. True or false? Dorothy's shoes in the book version were not ruby slippers. I'm gonna say true. You're getting pad thai. Woo-hoo! You are correct. Uh, they were silver slippers in the what? book version. Yeah. And they made them ruby slippers in the movie version. Don't know why. Uh, They're prettier. They are prettier. They're prettier. Yeah. So here's the final question. And this one's for all the marbles. If you get this one wrong, I'm banning you from the show. <laughs> never to be asked to the basement again. Oh, my gosh. Oh, good. That means you can clean it up. <laughs> no, that doesn't mean that. <laughs> never. Th- I should rephrase that. Never to be asked on the show again. <laughs> what are you currently looking forward to, Allison? Um, a beach vacation, Michael. A beach vacation that we are, are going to take. It's on the books. We're going to take it. A beach vacation. That's also what I'm currently looking forward to. Yes. And I can't wait. So the that ocean. is a correct answer, yeah. which means you are welcome down here to be on the show anytime. Thank you so much for doing this and taking the time <laughs> out of your busy, busy schedule to join me here traveling all the way from upstairs. I know that that is a big deal. Uh, thank you, Allison. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Hey.
That is all for this week. If you learned something that you didn't already know from this show, please go over to iTunes and leave a review with five stars and a few words. That's the rule. You got to do it. That helps me a ton because that's how the algorithm works to get the podcast suggested to more people. Uh, also, go over and join Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. That way you can get access to not only bonus episodes of this show, but also a ton of extra exclusive bonus content that only the Patreon supporters can get. Uh, and, you know, it helps me out a ton. That way we can keep learning something new if the Internet says it's true. The Internet Says It's True would like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions put them at producer status. Sean Brown, Catherine Morgan, Taylor Hurt, Tony Ford, Bryce Swanson, Mitch and Andrew Joseph Kemplin, Alan Sokolik, Eugene Anderson, Matt McVeigh, Jim and Joanne Martin. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Finite Music Forge, and additional music this week was from Asher Falero. All audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under Fair Use Title 17 USC Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. 